Tuesday. Now let's change the way we talk about money. Man, it's October. Halloween is going to be here in like two weeks. And then once Halloween is over, it's going to be Thanksgiving. And then it's basically Christmas. And then it's New Year. So we're basically in 2022 right now, if I'm doing this (laughs) correctly. No, just kidding. But yeah, I really can't believe how fast time is flying. Um, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing a life update, uh, mostly because there's a lot to talk about, but not at the same time. So I'll save a life update for another episode. But I do just want to mention that we do have a payoff day and I could not be happier. So November 19th or November 20th will be the day we pay off our loans. So that is something I'm really excited about and looking forward to. And of course, I will keep you guys posted on that. Um, So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Now, I told you guys that this month is going to be filled with a lot of interviews that I was going to do my best to kind of get more people on the show so that there's more people to share their stories and to learn from. So that's why I'm so excited for this week's guest, Danielle from First Gen Money. You guys, like, to have her on this podcast was like an actual dream um, because I first heard of Danielle when she was on... um, the financial confessions which is a podcast created by the financial diet and i just remember listening to that episode and being like wow like just so impressed with her and so i decided to shoot my shot with danielle in her dms and see if she'd be down to be a guest but you know i do a lot of like cold you know cold dming cold emails to people and you know a lot of times I do get responses back and I do get people who agree to be on the show, but I also get people who, you know, don't reply and just for whatever reason, just like aren't interested. And so I was just like a little nervous because I'm like, oh man, like Danielle's been on the Financial Confessions and she's been, you know, on all these other podcasts and she has a YouTube channel and she's like, you know, a pretty notable figure in my opinion in the financial, you know, influencer space. So to have her on this podcast was truly an honor so thank you Danielle if you're listening um so yeah Danielle is the owner of first gen money she is a money coach and she specifically focuses on the Latinx community and first gen um you know Americans and just how they can kind of change their money mindset get get their mindset in a right in the right place to you know handle their money and build I think there are some just really great gems and really good conversations. I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Danielle from First Gen Money. Hi, everyone. I'm Danielle from First Gen Money. I run a YouTube channel, Instagram page, and a money coaching business to really help First gen Latinas get started with their money. So that can be anything from like, how do I get started investing to I, you know, got this job, but I'm underpaid. How do I ask for more money? So really helping um, women coach, get coached through their money questions that they have. And I started this back in 2017. So it's been quite a a while since I started and, and really the coaching business started in 2020, but I've been writing about my personal finance journey since since back in the day and 
yeah, just love what I'm doing and love to be able to share what I'm learning through my experiences with other people who might benefit from them. Love it. So um, when did you decide to start kind of like publicly, like documenting, sharing about like your financial situation? Yeah. So I have always been big on like sharing my life on the internet, like back when I was in high school, when it was like forum spring, when it was like every, like it was like blog post dot whatever I had one and my blogs have very much like changed over the years. So back when I was in high school, I was blogging about makeup and beauty and things that like, I did not know things about, but I'm like, I need to just like have a YouTube channel. So let me create something about whatever people are creating things about. And then, um, slowly started like making it more about like feminism and then just talking through like, okay, I'm studying abroad. Like what are my experiences? And then after I graduated in 2015, I started talking about moving back home and my experiences adjusting to living with my parents again and having that sense of freedom kind of feel like it was no longer there. And so writing about money only happened when I realized I need to get my money situation in order. And then it was just like, okay, continue writing, but now I'll put a spin on it with like, just write about your money situation. And so early on, if you go back to, and I don't even know if they're alive, but looking at my earlier blog posts, it's more of like a money diary instead of like a, I learned about this topic. This is what it is. It's just taking you through like my weekend with my boyfriend. This is what I ate. This is how much I spent. This is what it costs to live in X, Y, and Z. So um, I think when I discovered money, I just continued writing. It just took a spin on more of the personal finance content. Gotcha. No, I love that. I feel like so, I feel like it's like helpful to see and hear about like what other people that like, you know, similar age range, similar kind of like lifestyle as you, as you like what they're doing. So you can see like, okay, like she saved a hundred K or she has like a hundred K net worth. Like if she can do it, I can do it too. Now, what are the steps that she took and how can I, you know, apply that to like my life? Of course, you're not going to do everything like identical, but at the end of the day, like it's still like encouraging. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, I think a lot of why I've always liked to share my story is because I never saw myself like out there, right? Like a lot of the times when I was following like the fashion bloggers and was writing about clothing, it was a lot of people who didn't look like me. So I always thought, you know, I, I want to share my perspective of things. And same when I, it came to money, right. In 2017, there weren't many people in the space talking about personal finance and the people that were in the space didn't look like me. And I knew that there was for the first gen population who maybe were living at home and feeling like, Oh my God, all my friends are in the city and they have like these cool jobs and they have their own apartments in Brooklyn. And I'm here in my parents' basement in New Jersey. And I wanted to kind of like say, that's okay. Like that is part of your journey to building wealth. And that's a big part of the reason why I was able to build the net worth that I did because yeah, I, I had a parent's basement to live in for a majority of that time. And only lived in our Brooklyn apartment for a year and a half. And so I wanted other people to feel seen, even if, you know, they couldn't relate a hundred percent. Right. It's definitely needed. So, um, I have a little icebreaker question for you. What's a movie that will always make you cry no matter what? Yeah. When I saw this question, I was like, Oh, I cry over everything. Like every (laughs) movie will make me cry. But the first one that came up to my, like, 
mine was Selena. Like every oh. time that end scene, I am sobbing. Like, you know how the story is going to end. Like it, like, but it'll always make me cry. And there's so many movies that make me cry. Even ones that aren't supposed to make you cry, like will make me cry. Yes, I'm literally the same way. I recently watched, um, it's on Netflix, it's called All the Bright Places. And I was like weeping, like 10 minutes yeah. in throughout the whole movie. I was like, this is not okay. Oh my God. No, I know. Sometimes they just know how to get you. First Gen Money was created in part by you getting your finances together. So can you talk a little bit about how you initially launched and then created the company? Yeah. So um, it really started in May of 2017 because I was listening to a lot of money podcasts. So, you know, for your audience who's listening to this podcast and is inspired to start their money journey, like this is your sign. You know, I was listening to every money podcast on my commute from New Jersey to New York city, which was like an hour and a half. And I was like, okay, something clicked. Like I have been working for a year at a full-time job making 50k which at the time I was like this is amazing like I've made so much money and I have nothing to show for it so I decided I gotta do something about it and started tracking my my expenses that's the first thing I did and my first product ever is a money tracker because I I wanted to see where the money was going and so I decided okay let's start just writing my my journey and like putting it out there so I can keep myself accountable but also be part of this community that is talking about money online. And it I've really been doing that for the last uh, four years. And then last year in 2020, I was like, okay, this is needs to be a business because I can no longer just like make Instagram posts and, you know, just create content. Like I want to be able to like actually help people. And so I started money coaching and I um, have taken on clients since then, but that's kind of like, you know, it started as a blog and then I created a YouTube and then I was like, all right, I need to start coaching. I want to get like experience working with people because it's different when you're giving so much, um, information on Instagram and people like DM you like this was so helpful and all that stuff. And it feels differently when you actually have a client that you can like work with through a process and a plan that you develop. So, um, that started last year. Wow. Um, and so for those, cause I I'm sure that there's someone listening being like, I've heard of a financial advisor, but like, what is a money coach? What's the difference? And like, what is that? So can you just like touch on that? Yeah, I'm not a financial advisor. There's financial advisor. There's a, a CFP, which, um, the, there are two different things, but like a CFP is a, is a certification that you can get. Um, and the difference between somebody who's like a CFP and a financial advisor and a money coach is the money coach will really help you through like the mindset and really kind of help you set up the systems in place. So then you can do it on your own. Whereas a financial advisor will kind of be like, okay, what are your accounts? Let me manage your investments for you. So one is more of like a, I want to work with a money coach because I want to figure out why I can't manage my money, the money that's coming in and how I can better understand these topics. A financial advisor, best person to reach out to when you have like money and you just like don't want to deal with like figuring out how to invest it for yourself. Um, I would be very careful to make sure that it's a fiduciary. So somebody who is in your best interest to help you because there are some financial advisors who will say, oh yeah, you need like this life insurance. And then like, they're selling you things that like actually can benefit them. So find out if you do end up working with a financial advisor, how they make money. Is it by um, 
booking a session with them or is it through like products that mm-hmm. they're selling you? So always be very clear about how somebody makes money. No, that's a, that's a good thing to address and point out. So as a money coach, like what are the three things that you hear the most from your clients in regards to money? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is I, I want to move out, but I don't know how to like save up for certain expenses that might come up when I move out. And sinking funds is always like my my easier response that sometimes it depends you know, on the situation. It can get a little more complicated, but I feel like a lot of people not understanding how to save up for like that one time big expense that they want to make while also dealing with the other money um, bills or just different things that come up. Like how do I save for moving out, but also pay my student loans and have an emergency fund? And like, how do I manage all the different goals that I have working in one place? So I think that's like one big thing. The other one is like, how do I start investing? Like, what does, like, at, where do, where do I do this? Like, how do I get started? And I'm like, well, look at what accounts you have access to right now through your employer. If you are, you know, an employee, do you have a 401k? If you don't, which I didn't for a long time, like, is there an option for you to have a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA? Those are ones that you can open if you have income without an employer. And so kind of looking at what accounts you have access to. And if those aren't ones that you do have exposure to and access to, then like, could you just invest into a brokerage account? And that one, um, I kind of put that like in the third category because it's not tax advantage, right? So you, there are tax incentives when you invest in a 401k and a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, right? Like your 401k is all pre-tax, right? So you don't pay tax on it until you withdraw. Uh, traditional is the same way. But a Roth is like, you pay the taxes now. And then when you withdraw the money, you don't pay it then. So I feel like those are the two. And then the third one, I think a lot of it is like money boundaries. As a first gen, um, a lot of my clients are first gen and I kind of like attract that clientele. So it's like, how do I manage my um, relationships with my family members, but also like keep my money goals and keep real to like what I want to be able to achieve. And so creating boundaries in place so that you can support your family when you want to, because the way I see it is, yeah, we're building this wealth. It's not just for ourselves. It's so we can help our families when, when they need it. Like for me, it's never been a like, Oh, I'm just going to do this for me. It's for me. And like my family, like if I can help, why wouldn't I, but there are certain boundaries that even I have to like put in place. Like I don't co-sign, I don't co-sign on anything. That's like, I don't know why it is, but I just like, don't want my name on a loan that like, maybe I trust you to pay it. But like, I don't want to have that like relationship where I'm like stressed about like whether or not you'll be able to make this loan payment because my name is attached to it. So how do we set boundaries in place? Like, can you save um, a separate emergency fund just for your family? Like that's something I had to do when I was living with my parents. Like I had to create a separate emergency fund just for like situations where my parents might text me and say, Hey, like, can you help us here this month? Cause like, we don't have enough for X, Y, Z. And like always like being okay, giving that because I had a separate fund for it. Wow. That's, I think like, as like first generation, like Americans, like that kind of stuff, it's like other people may not understand. Cause like my, my parents are immigrants too. So I'm a first gen as well. And so, yeah, like thinking of those things, like setting aside, like, you know, money for them in case they don't have it or kind of being there, like, retirement 
you know, for when they're old, like things like that. And it can be like overwhelming and very stressful. So like setting boundaries is definitely like needed for sure. Yeah. It's so important. Like I, um, yeah, I can't stress enough set boundaries because then you get burnt out and you don't want to be upset at like seeing a phone call from a loved one and being like, I don't want to answer the phone because I know what it's going to like, I know what it's for. Right. So, um, you've carved out like a specific niche for yourself, I'd say like within the financial, like within the financial community, um, and especially being like a huge resource and help for, um, the Latino community, but in conversations like surrounding money, sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way, but I know sometimes I feel like the Latino community, Asian communities, and like other communities kind of get left out of the conversation. Like it feels very black and white, like, the white and the, the the wealth gap between the white community and black community, like it's always like black and white and never anyone else. So like, how do you, like, do you feel that? Do you feel like that happens at times? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it definitely does happen. I, I see it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, but like, I wonder what the statistics are for like a Latinx family. But I think what is like most important is when I'm reading like an article on, I don't know, Market Watch or one of those like big magazines. And I'm like, huh, this doesn't really like, I can't just, um, I don't know. It doesn't resonate because it's not speaking to an audience who maybe has family members who might depend on you for your income. Like a lot of what I'm seeing now, especially with like the great resignation, I, I was reading an article about how we're not talking about who can't take time off, right? Like who are those people that can't take time off and who ends up getting burdened? by somebody taking time off. Um, and usually it is people of color, right. Um, and people who are working in low income and low wage jobs. Like my grandmother works at a Kohl's, you know, like there's no, like, you know, this is what she makes per hour negotiating for a higher pay, like, isn't a thing. And so now it's like, okay, you have to take some time off of work and not get paid. If you want to look at like, getting a job at Target or another one of the competitors that might be paying like $2 more an hour. So I think there's a lot of um, the, like the media and just like mainstream media doesn't really understand from a perspective of somebody who is a person of color or might be at a lower wage job. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Um, So as a, as children of immigrants, sometimes it's easy to feel like you're behind, like financially, academically, um, in terms of finances, like, you know, having to, you know, basically sometimes maybe cut a portion of your income to set aside for family members and things like that. So what are some like healthy ways to just combat that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I'm so far behind, like, look at all my peers, they're, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And, you know, I'm, I'm just here, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. This is a big one because, because of social media, because of Instagram, because we see our peers doing things that like seem incredible, right? Like they just must be living the life. Like Danielle, did you see first gen money is living in Mexico? Like, like all this stuff, like we just see the highlight reel because of social media, but I think it's, it always comes back to like understanding the reality of all it, of all of it, have conversations with your friends. I know when I first started this journey, I, with our close friends, my partner and I, we have like another couple that we always go on double dates with. I was like, 
you're living at home. Like how much have you saved up? Like, what are you able to do? And like always being open about having those conversations. So when my friend bought a house, it wasn't like a, wow, she bought a house. I'm so behind, but like that being very transparent, she like shared with us, like, yeah, but I also had help from my parents. And so it wasn't just like, I did this all by myself. It was like, because I graduated debt-free because I had support for my, like all of these things that we just don't see, we don't see unless we have conversations. So start having conversations with your friends about money. And then maybe you'll get a little inside look into what people are really doing and don't compare yourself. Yeah. I might not buy, I might not have a house right now, but it's okay. It's all going to happen for me at any given time. But like, what can I do today? What steps can I do to make sure that I'm setting up future Danielle for the success that she wouldn't have if she doesn't take those actions now. So like, how are you investing? Because you need to invest in order to build wealth. How are you positioning yourself for potential raises? And are you working in industries that will pay more? And thinking about it from that lens, I think is, is very important. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I think like after this conversation, I'm going to need to have a talk to you after because I definitely have a couple of questions. Um, So yeah, but Um, As we, you know, come to a close with this conversation, what's like the best piece of money advice that you've received in the last year? Oh, wow. In the last year, I, when you sent this question, I was like, last year, I don't know. I have to think about it. But I think (laughs) the biggest one that I've received is like, there is no price that you can put on my time, on my just freedom, right? Like I, even though I got an amazing raise at work, I'm still like, yeah, I still want to take a sabbatical. Like, that's not going to, just because I got an 8% raise, cool. Still going to take that sabbatical because I want to focus on me and my business. Like I want to prioritize my dreams and my goals. Even if that means I hit those like money goals a little bit later, you know, like Mm -hmm. maxing out my 401k was a money goal for 2021. Will we get there? Maybe we'll see, but I might have to shift things around to fulfill other goals, like taking a sabbatical sooner than I wanted to. So yeah. I think, I think it's that like money isn't everything. I literally love that so much. Like favorite answer to date. Um, so as we come to a close, where can the people find you? How can they connect? I am on all platforms as first gen money. So main platform is Instagram just because I'm there on my stories all the time, but I have a YouTube channel and I post every week. So you don't miss a video. I'm there. Um, I'm consistent. I'm trying to be, that's another goal of mine. So YouTube, Instagram, first gen money. Perfect. Well, it was so great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Of course.